Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, amazing moms, to the 56th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. Would you like to get a better response out of your teen? Well, that's what we're going to dive in and explore today. And I promise you that you are going to get some practical takeaways from this episode. But first, I'm very, very excited to announce, and so I want to talk about this, that the Power Your Parenting program is starting next week on January 27th, 2020. I'm not going to launch this again until the following fall. So it's a seven-week program, and if you would like some personal support with a group of like-minded moms, basically throughout the whole semester, the spring semester, then this program is for you. I'll help you reconnect with your teen and reclaim your life. You will have 49 days that you will receive a message from me in a PDF form and in an audio that you can download. We take small steps together every day so you can get big results. And not only that, but you get personal parenting coaching from me on our Ask Anything group calls with like-minded moms that happen every week of the program. So email me at Colleen at Dial Down the Drama, and I will send you more information, or you can go to my website and just email me from there, um, ColleenOGrady.com. And this is for an intimate group of moms, um, so it is going to sell out. Okay, let's get down to business. How do you get a good, positive, compliant response from your teen? First, let's look at the obvious here. You will get a positive result when you say to your son or daughter something like, I'd like to buy you a new car. So, of course, that is going to get some good results. Or if you give your daughter a credit card and say, have fun, then I bet you will get a good result. But these sure bet guaranteed to get a good response from your teen comments are rare. And I definitely would not recommend giving your daughter a credit card and say, have fun, and here's why. I mean, you probably know this. So probably 10 years ago, I saw a dad in my private practice who was going through a divorce, and he was desperate to win his two teenage daughters over and to be that cool dad. He was spending a lot of energy blackballing mom, and the oldest daughter said she needed black pants for work, and he said, enthusiastically, sure, and gave her his credit card, and he, he really did say, have fun. So, moms, you can guess what happened. This definitely backfired on him. He told me in the session that he was horrified when later he saw the bank statement and that his daughter had bought the black pants and many, 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 many other things to the, to the tune of over $2,000. They were very expensive black pants. I have spent a lot of time listening to what frustrates moms, and often moms will say, my son or daughter, and I can't communicate. 
And if you dig down to ask what they mean by that, it really is about getting a open, authentic, positive, and good response from their team. Because if you don't get a positive response, there is no way you're going to be able to have a dialogue where both you and your teen are conversing. The million-dollar question is how to get a good response from your teenager. I think first, you need to be clear on what kind of response do you want from your son or daughter. If you are in monitor role, you just want to get stuff done. Really, when you are in a monitor mode, it's not about dialogue. It's just about a monologue. And yes, a part of your communication as a mom is being a monitor, but it's only a part. And when you are in monitor mode, what you really want is for your son to say, sure, I'll take out the trash now. Or your daughter to say, okay, mom, I'll start my homework now, clean my room, and I'll get those dishes done tonight. What you are really wanting is not communication where your son or daughter is sharing their opinion on things. You just want stuff done. So when you are in monitor role, your rule really is less words, more action. And this is where moms can get so frustrated because you think, just do what I say. And they should go and take their shower or go to bed and give you their phone. When you are in monitor mode, your communication is often very repetitive, like, okay, you need to give me your phone. Okay, give me your phone. And you say that throughout the day. Or start your homework. How was your homework? Or we need to leave for tutoring. Or we need to leave for soccer. Or you need to practice. And you say these things every day or several times a week. So how could this be so hard? When you are in monitor mode, you are trying to be efficient with your time. You know the 25 other things that need to get done and on your list. And if your home is going to function like a well-oiled machine, then your teen just needs to do what you say. Unfortunately, it's not simple. It doesn't work the way you want. And your teen starts arguing back or ignoring you. And well, that's not time and energy efficient, is it? And then you get mad because you think, just... Do it. It would have taken them maybe three minutes to unload the dishwasher. And this has taken 25 minutes of your time and ruined your evening and you can't get to sleep. If you're wanting more of a conversation, then you aren't in a rush. And that's helpful because you're a little bit more relaxed and because you have more time. But even those conversations can end badly. And then there are the hard conversations that you know are going to be difficult. So I'm here to help you avoid many of the traps that moms fall into. There are some practical things that you can tweak that can help you get better responses out of your teens if it's just getting things done or having a conversation. And the first tip comes from neuroscience. There is a hundred times greater chance that if either you or your teen are emotionally flooded and try to talk, that there is going to be a negative result. And when I say emotionally flooded, I mean that you are very stressed, frustrated, angry, upset, anxious, irritated. You get the point. There is a tipping point in the brain that when you are strongly feeling any of those emotions, that you go offline from the higher brain and are now being controlled and monitored by the lower brain. 
the higher brain is the big picture, big perspective, able to recall a coherent story, remember context and details, and it's the rational problem-solving brain. So when you are emotionally flooded, the brain automatically shuts that part of the brain off. And the challenge is, everything in the higher brain is what you need to solve a problem. Now, all that you have left is the lower brain, that more primitive part, which some call the reptilian brain, that goes into stress response. And that part of the brain reacts 500 times faster than the higher brain. And then what you're left with is the stress response of fight, flight, freeze. So if you see your teen fighting back at you, leaving the house or hiding in their room, or just staring at you with a blank face, they are in stress response. The practical takeaway here is, again, that if either of you have passed that tipping point, you don't have what it takes to have a good conversation or a positive response. John Gottman, who's a Ph.D. and a leading uh, researcher, um, especially in couples therapy, but he kind of gets this conflict thing. And he says, 94% of the time, the way a conversation starts predicts how it will end. So let me say that again. 94% of the time, the way a conversation starts predicts how it will end. It's important to become aware of how you begin your conversation with your teen, but because it's going to determine the response. Let's say, Mom, you have had a super busy day and you are stressed and you don't have much time. There's a good chance that you will not start the conversation in a positive way. John Gottman, who is especially known with his research with couples, talks about the difference between a harsh startup and a soft startup. He states that a harsh startup comes off as an attack to the recipient. Harsh startups use criticism and contempt. Criticism is not like a complaint. It attacks someone's character, and contempt is like a mocking, sarcastic statement. For the one who is receiving the harsh startup, it feels like it came out of nowhere, and when they hear it, they get triggered and go straight to stress response. And moms, yes, we are guilty of using harsh startups. So moms tend to use harsh startups with teens when they are in monitor mode. You walk in your teen's room, and let's say your daughter is watching Grey's Anatomy and in the middle of a very intense love scene, and you blurt out, What's wrong with you? I asked you to clean your room an hour ago, and you wouldn't even know if a pack of rats lived in here. Your daughter feels pounced on and will feel like the attack came out of nowhere. She feels criticized when she hears, what's wrong with you, and she feels mocked about the pack of rats. She's going to totally miss the message, come on, now clean your room, because she's upset, and her attention goes to you saying there was something wrong with her, and she's now grossed out thinking about a pack of rats in her room. You think that what you said will motivate her to clean her room, that she needed a bigger, louder reminder to get it done, but I promise you this will tick her off and she will dig her heels in and not clean her room. When you combine a harsh startup with a threat, that is not going to go well either. Saying something like, you mean your room is still not clean? Well, then you're not going to do anything this weekend then. 
You might think that you are giving her a consequence in that moment, but it's going to feel like a threat, and she will most likely not say, Oh, sure, Mom. Because she feels attacked, she's going to attack back. If you begin a harsh startup with a leading question, that is not going to end well either, because a leading question is really a statement and has elements of contempt. Contempt is never helpful because it damages the relationship. So if you said something like, Do you think anyone would want to room with you in college with you being such a slob? Well, that's really not a question. It's a statement about her. Leading questions do not end well. And now all your daughter hears is that you think she's a slob and that she will be alone forever in college. She won't be thinking, oh, I better clean my room. If you start a harsh startup with a label, that is not going to go well either. Like if you tell your son, I can't believe you're so lazy. Get up and clean your room now. All your son is going to pay attention to is that you think he is lazy and this conversation will not go well. And sometimes you don't think you're using a harsh startup. You're just telling your teen what needs to be done. But your son or daughter interprets it that way. And sometimes that's because they just don't want to do what you're asking, and that happens often. But other times it's because of the energy you bring into the room. If you barge into the room and you look stressed, have an edgy tone, and bark out orders, this will feel like a harsh startup to your teen, especially because you've startled your teen. All moms are guilty of this, and I know that I have used harsh startups with my daughter, and it truly never went well. And I don't tell you any of this to shame you. I tell you this because harsh startups don't work. When I would come home from work stressed and I'd open the door quickly, I'd see my daughter on the couch and I'd jump straight into, is your homework done? Did you clean the kitchen? My daughter would feel blasted, not motivated, and it would go downhill from there. My daughter would respond by saying, no, or give me a sarcastic, sure, or she would attack back. The majority of time that we use harsh startups is when we are emotionally flooded. We are irritated, frustrated, angry, stressed, worried, and all of that emotion that is in our words and actions comes straight to our teens. Any human being, when they are a recipient of a harsh startup, will get defensive blame or counterattack, and this is especially true of teens. Because of teens' undeveloped brains, they are hyper-tuned in to not only our words, but our tone of voice, those furrowed brows, the crossed arms, and will perceive this as an attack, and they will be biologically primed to fire back at us. So if you want a good response from your teen, you need to soften your startup. And what is a soft startup? Well, I got this definition from the Gottman Institute. A soft startup, at its most basic function, serves to protect both you and your partner Okay, so we'll insert teen here from feeling either attacked or defensive. It's a proven way to bring up a legitimate disagreement, concern, issue, complaint, or need without blaming your partner or judging their character. Okay, let me just say, restraining yourself from saying a harsh startup can feel like a spiritual discipline. I know because I've had to practice this a kajillion times with my daughter when she was in high school. 
Many times I wanted to barge into her room and say, what the blank is wrong with you? Are you kidding me? After everything I've done? But just like your mom probably told you, it's a wise thing to, quote, hold your tongue. When I did hold my tongue and use a softer startup, my daughter and I were able to have a successful, hard conversation. So the first thing that needs to happen when you feel the urge to use a harsh startup is take a break and then regroup. It does take time to come up with a softer startup. So one, take the time you need to calm down and get perspective. Two, be very clear about what you want to tell your teen, and that includes being clear about rules, guidelines, and boundaries. You want to be specific, like you want this done by a certain time, and be specific about what the consequence will be. Three, you can complain, but don't blame. Complaining is being clear and specific. Here is an example of a soft startup. Lexi, this morning I saw that the wet towels were on the wood floors and your soiled underwear was in the hallway. I was really irritated when I saw this. I need you to pick up the towels, underwear, and clean the bathroom. This will need to be done before you go out with your friends at 6 p.m. A harsh startup is what she wanted to say when you first saw the wet towels on the floor and the blood-stained underwear. OMG, get in here. The house is trashed. Okay, four. Describe what is happening instead of judging, condescending, labeling, or making it all about you. So here's an example. After you found out your daughter hadn't turned in her homework and has a low C in her English class, do you start the conversation with a harsh startup like, well, you obviously don't care about getting into college after all that money I paid for tutors and you just don't give a blank about anyone but yourself. You are so selfish. A soft startup is, you've had tutors come to the house twice a week for the past six weeks. Last week, I asked you how English was going, and you said you had a high B, and now I found out that you hadn't turned in your homework and that you have a very low C. Your dad and I need to talk to you tonight about school. Five, soft startup is respectful, appreciative, and gives credit. Okay, here's the situation. The rule is that your son's computer should be out of his room by 10. You see your son is on his computer, and it's after midnight on a school night, and he should have been asleep by 10. The harsh startup. You're standing at the door, and you yell, Oh my God, I can't believe you're still awake. You're so manipulative. You lied to me. Give me your computer now. You better get up in the morning on time, or else you're not going out this weekend. The soft startup is you take the time to get some perspective. Your son has been working hard at school and has brought his grades up. He's had a lot of practices and games for soccer this week. He doesn't have much time to wind down and catch up with his friends. So after you've calmed down and gotten clear, you walk in the room, you sit on his bed, and you say, Hey, you're still up? I know you've been working really hard on school lately and have been busy with your practices and you haven't had much time to talk to your friends or your girlfriend, but you know the rule is that the computer needs to be downstairs by 10, so I need you to hand me your computer and we can talk about this tomorrow. You don't want to try to talk about it right at that time because you're both tired, you both need to go to bed. 
If you do try to talk about it, then good chance it's not going to end well and you're both going to have a hard time going to sleep. Six, with a soft startup, you don't have to be the enemy. You can still be on their side. Here's the situation. You've been waiting all week and your daughter still hasn't cleaned her room or done her chores. Instead of using a harsh startup like, you're such a slob and you think I'm your personal assistant and that I don't have anything better to do than pick up your stinky clothes, I should just throw them all away. A soft startup would sound like, Monday, you told me that you would clean your room and do the dishes, and I also agreed that you could spend the night with Bella. And I love that Bella's your friend. You'll have a very special connection. But you and I have a deal, and that is that you need to clean your room and help in the kitchen. And, you know, I probably wasn't clear as I needed to be. I didn't tell you when I wanted it done, so now I'm going to be very, very clear. You can go to Bella's house when your chores are finished. If they are not done, you can't go to Bella's. And I'd hate for you to miss out on going to dinner with Bella or spending the night. But, you know, that's your choice. Now, for soft startups to work, your teen can't be in the middle of a meltdown or completely stressed out or in the middle of a fight with their boyfriend or girlfriend. In other words, they can't already be emotionally flooded. If the request or situation is not an emergency, then wait till they're more relaxed. You know the two versions of your teen. There's the teen that can joke around with you, volunteer information about their day, want to show you something on YouTube, and they're more relaxed. And that's when you want to approach your teen with a soft startup. Here's another tip. You want to try to talk to them before they are really engaged in a video game or in a show or FaceTiming or Snapchatting, like when they are hanging around in the kitchen. If they are in the middle of a game show or social media, you want to give them some time to change the channel. Interrupting them when they are hyper-focused on screens can startle them, which triggers their stress response. All things digital does make it hard to talk to your kids. This is why I believe you should have set times for digital breaks so that you can actually talk to your kids. But if they are already hyper-focused on the screen, you can go in their room and say, um, I'll give you 15 minutes to finish the show or finish your conversation, and then I need to touch base about something, and that's going to only take about five minutes. And again, that is a soft startup. And you don't want to set off all their alarms by using the harsh startup, we need to talk now. Some of you might be thinking, this just sounds like too much work. I'm going to just be myself and express myself any way I want. Well, you can express yourself any way you want, but does it give you the results or responses you want? Yes, being more strategic and using soft startups is a little more work, but the work works. If you don't believe me, try this as an experiment this week and see what happens. All right, I want to remind you again that Power Your Parenting program starts next Monday, January 27th. If you're interested, email me. I'd love to tell you more about it. It is going to fill up. So you can email me at colleen at dialdownthedrama.com or email me from my website, colleenogrady.com. All right, have a wonderful day.
Hey, everybody. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I have some other great resources for you. You can head over to ColleenOGrady.com. That has two L's and two E's. You can sign up for my Dial Down the Drama triple pack. It's absolutely free. You get a copy of my free ebook, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, a free chapter from my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a guide for mothers everywhere. And you get a free subscription to my weekly easing. If you're ready to pick up your copy of Dial Down the Drama, you can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For daily encouragement, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Colleen O'Grady Dial Down the Drama. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.